Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you're looking to take the next step towards entrepreneurship but aren't sure where to start, this episode is for you. Danielle Smith has a long family history of military service, which led her to the National Guard nearly 12 years ago. In this episode, she shares how she unexpectedly left a career in film and music production and now enjoys a life she could have only dreamed of as a successful business owner. Danielle discusses why she decided to join the National Guard and how her time in service prepared her to become an entrepreneur. Her drive to succeed is apparent throughout this conversation, and I hope you enjoy listening to her story. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, follow her on Instagram or send her an email with the links included in the show notes. As always, if you have any questions about the show or ideas for a future guest or topic, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for joining me. Hi. How are you, Megan? Good. I am excited to have you, um, mostly because it seems like you have a very interesting background, but I don't know a ton about it, just kind of the snippets that I've seen when I was put in touch with you to be on the podcast. So I'm really excited to learn uh, more about you, have our listeners learn more about you, because I think you could maybe inspire other people who are looking to kind of get started in their business journey. So um, before we jump into all of the cool things that you have going on, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So um, kind of, you know, education background or anything noteworthy from um, your background that you want to mention? Sure. Um, my name is Danielle Smith. I was raised in, born and raised in Macon, Georgia. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design for undergraduate school, studying film and TV with a minor in sound design. And then shortly during the recession, I joined the military, the Georgia Army National Guard. And I was pretty much active most of the time that I was in, meaning on on full-time orders of some sort during my uh, training phases, as well as um, pretty much all the way for the last what, 12, I'm going into my 12th years. So um, for the last 11 years, I've been in the military. And then during that time, being a, as we call it, a, a citizen soldier, because we're both, uh, I also got involved in business endeavors, such as Perspire Sauna Studio was one of my first franchises that I purchased along with some mm-hmm. partners of mine. And so I graduated also from the University of Georgia uh, through their executive MBA program uh, in 2021. That was a great experience for me. And to this day, I'm still active with the military, my franchises, as well as uh, I'm, I'm finished with school, but I'm, I'm on to my next military school soon. So that's wow. a little bit about, <laughs> bit about me. Yeah. You sound very busy. So um, you mentioned when you were in school, initially when you were in college, did you say you were studying film or something with arts? Correct. Savannah College of Art and Design. I studied the film and television. I was in the film and television program. But it's actually, at that time, it was called film and video. That's mm-hmm. before all the new technology all came out. So yes, that was my background. And then a minor in sound design. And I actually ended up moving to Atlanta out of Savannah after I graduated working in the music industry. So I was really heavily on the recording studio arts. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really, that is very interesting. So Danielle, what made you go from having that is kind of like your career interest to then joining the national guard, going on to get your (laughs) MBA and kind of where you are now, I'm sure it's like several different things. So maybe start with what made you want to join the national guard? Well, I had always wanted to serve in the military as a young 
you know, young person, just because my father was in the Marine Corps, had an uncle who was a lieutenant colonel at the time. He worked at the Pentagon. My mom was in the ROTC program, the Navy uh, ROTC program at Savannah State University. That's actually where she met my dad. And um, so I have a, a very rich background in the military for uh, with my family in general. And it, it's just, I wanted to do it, but my dad at the time in high school, he was like, no, I, you need to go to school first. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I just kind of forget all about it. And then when I went to SCAD, when I graduated, it was right before the, the recession around the Obama administration and, and the Bush mm -hmm. transition. And so at the time, you know, there were jobs out there <laughs> and uh, I took a job at my alma mater to open up the SCAD Atlanta campus with them. And while we were up there, it was just, I was ready to take that leap. I wanted to get heavily into film, film production and such. And so as I was getting ready, to take that leap, there were a couple of us that were going to launch out, uh, launch our own production company. And literally, I was the first person to leave my job. And literally two months later, the market tanked. And so wow. when I was, I was like, so who's coming up? Who else is coming with me? And they were like, uh -uh, we're not jumping off the bandwagon. We got families to feed. I was right. like, oh, my God. So it was probably the scariest moment for me. That was in 2008. And um and so I was in production and I was doing work. And actually I, it was, although it was scary, I had been reading Think and Grow Rich, you know, by Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you recall that book, but mm -hmm. I read that book literally every day for a whole year during my lunch break. And um, I just, it, I was in the mentality. I was ready to transition. Although it was scary, I'm glad that I left when I did because had the market tanked, I would never have left that job. Mm -hmm. And I would probably still been stuck working nine to five for the yeah. rest of my life. Right. Yeah. And so no one else left at the time. I just, I was still out there. I was, I became a Airbnb host. I was out there chasing invoices because no one really had any money. And that's when I made the decision because of course, all of my mentors that had been influential to me in my life over the years, I noticed they all had one thing in common. And they all had military service. And at the time, I'm like, well, you know, if I really want to be a business owner, because that's what I really wanted to be. I wanted to be a business mm -hmm. owner and own my own production company. I said, I, there were some things, obviously, that I didn't know and that I felt like the military could provide for, for through, you know, logistics, organizationally, how it's structured, the discipline that I knew that being a business owner would require. And... I made that decision. I actually had clients that I was working with, but one of my clients was a Marine as well. He was a retired Marine and he was so supportive. He was like, Hey, we'll wait for you to come back. And so I signed the papers. I went off to basic training. And I remember the very first day when we went in there, there were like, I don't know how many hundreds of us, but we all needed to get these, our vaccines and our shots. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way they're going to give all of us shots. <laughs> and literally within 30 minutes, we were done. All of them, like all of us. And I was like, that was the most amazing logistical thing I've ever seen in my entire life. How all of us had different shots that we all needed. And they put us through a line and within 30 minutes, we were done. And I was just amazed, even though everybody was hurting, of course, their arms. Right. Like <laughs> but I was just so amazed and impressed with what had happened that I just knew 
when I joined the military at that time, that was the right thing for me because I was just there to learn. Right. I didn't mm-hmm. really care. Like, of course the, the training was stressful and we were all like feeling bad. And so we saw our abs in the, in the mirror. We're like, okay, well maybe this training isn't so bad. You know, when you see your mm-hmm. abs start to develop, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, we'll just keep, we'll just keep it up. But, um, I don't even know if I'm going back, but anyway, but that's how I ended up joining the military because of the recession because uh-huh. I couldn't pay my bills. And, um, and I remember I had jumped out there by myself with my business. And so since I was out there by myself, I ended up getting the military, which helped me pay my bills and it helped mm-hmm. me uh, prevented me from losing my home at the time. And then I loved it. I learned a lot and I knew that what I was learning was definitely good for business and it, you know, gave me the confidence that I needed and the discipline that I was going to, that, that I knew it would, would require. And so awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And I like what you said about, um, like when you looked at like all the successful people that you knew and they had something in common that was military service. I think that's a really cool kind of key takeaway from that, because obviously you yourself and then me um, working at Orion, because we do specialize in finding veterans jobs and providing resources to transitioning military and veterans. We know the value that veterans have and how much the military does set you up to be successful in business afterwards. But it's not always like the clearest path, especially because, like I said, we do offer support for veterans to find careers afterwards. But we also do talk a lot about business opportunities, such as franchising, like what you're doing right Mm -hmm. now. And people don't always see how their military experience can set them up to be successful in a role like that. And so my question for you is I know that you mentioned that you wanted your ultimate goal was to own your own company, um, like a production company. Um, is that something that you are still wanting to do or did you kind of change gears when you um, started to franchise? Well, it's interesting because I still love uh, film and TV and production. I actually, while I was serving in the guard, I was still working on production shoots. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much a digital media producer. I don't really care to work on sets that much, but my administrative abilities as well as logistics in terms of being able to hire crews, put them together and get movies and, and whatever made, you know, I'm really great with that, I, but I didn't really care for the set life. So mm-hmm. yes, I still do production work, but when I had the opportunity to try franchising. And that's another thing. That's another thing when it comes to military, right? When you get in the military, you have rules. We have regulations. If you can follow steps A through B, right? Or C all the way down to the end of the alphabet, mm-hmm. you, you will be great with a franchise because it's already a system, right? Because like you buy into it and I'm like, I can mm-hmm. follow rules. As long as you can follow rules and you don't deviate from the proven path, then you'll be great. You'll be very successful. Right. And that's why I do like business just because I know that it requires discipline and what I've gained in the military is definitely a lot of discipline, but it's just, it just makes sense. It made sense for me to uh, transition into the franchise world, but I'm more so doing it now just to build the funds that I would require so that I can go out and make my movies again, you know, on Mm -hmm. my own terms and not under some big production, you know, umbrella. Yeah. Yes. And what I think is really cool about that too, Danielle, is that you mentioned like had the recession not happened, maybe you would have been stuck working nine to five for the rest of your life. And it is Mm -hmm. funny because you think about that and that, you know, I have a corporate job, so it's, you know, it's funny coming from me, but you do start to think about like how much time you spend 
doing work for other people. And so yep. I do really admire and think that there is so much to be said about someone like you who makes the decision to go out and do your own thing and be a franchise owner because you have so much, you have the time, you have the resources to build the life that you want and not mm -hmm. be stuck working a like kind of a monotonous job. And obviously not every job is monotonous if it's nine to five. Some people love it. And there's tons of different stuff out there. But um, like I said, there's something to be said for having that financial freedom, the freedom of time to really find out what it is that you are passionate about and be able to pursue that. Mm -hmm. You have to be fearless. Um, you really do. It's mm -hmm. very scary. And I know, I think it was like Robert Kiyosaki when he talked about his cash flow. I don't know which, which, which book it was, but he was just saying, as you get older, your responsibilities increase, right? So you've got mm -hmm. a family, then you have a home, and then you acquire all these liabilities that you have to pay for. And so making those decisions to take that leap is not always easy. And it can be possibly detrimental to your family if, if it kind of mm -hmm. falls apart. And that's what people aren't willing to risk. And I can say to this day, those business partners that I had initially, you know, when I left during the recession, a lot of them end up just staying uh, where they were. Mm -hmm. And the, but the interesting part is now they're like managerial district, regional managers, executive types for those same companies that they never left. But they're still, you know, with those yeah. same entities. Yeah. So it, it just really all depends. Yeah, that. it depends exactly on what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And you have. Yeah. And, and also like what your skill set is. And again, I think in the military, you learn so many skills that do serve you to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you learn leadership, you learn discipline, flexibility, all these different things that do not really come naturally to a lot of people who have not mm -hmm. served in the military. Right. I will say this. I noticed because I have another friend who's getting ready to retire and I have actually several friends who are getting ready to retire in the military from the military. And they're having a hard time transitioning as well because they don't really know what they'll be good at. But I, mm -hmm. I always try to reassure my military counterparts that you are far, you know, they are far more prepared than they could ever imagine. Yep. They just have to believe that the skills that they've been executing and learning over those years is really going to take them far. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, just you just have to take the leap. That's, that's my only thing. Like my, my social media handles are all like living off faith. Like I seriously yeah. live on faith. I've, I've been too blessed over the years just to see the doors that have opened since I've joined the military because I joined the military. That's how I was able to, to get into other business ventures. And so it's just like when they, when you have that under your belt, it's just important for you to recognize that and to act on it and take advantage of those opportunities that, that, that come before you. Mm -hmm. And the retiring from the military, transitioning out of the military goes back to what you said about being fearless before, because it's kind of the same when people don't want to leave their jobs, like the um, mm -hmm. business colleagues that you had talked about before. But with the military, you, you know, you, there gets to be a certain time where you're kind of like, okay, we, I have to leave now. It's not mm -hmm. always like that in the corporate world. And so it kind of forces you to take that step that a lot of people in corporate America don't necessarily have to take, especially earlier than you would have to take in corporate America. Correct. And then for their retiring, they'll have money in their pocket too. That's yep. another thing. Like not a lot of people may leave and don't have, you know, they don't have that, that, that nest egg or, you know, that reassurance that they're going to get a check every month of some kind. Right. So while they're retiring, you know, whether they're retiring or not, but if they've got that plan B, I mean, it's, it's a win-win, you know, there's so many 
opportunities out there from different corporations that are looking for military veterans. Um, and quite frankly, I, I guarantee you, like with um, the company that I'm with, Perspire Sauna Studio, another friend of mine who graduated from the, uh, the program at UGA, she opened up one and her husband uh, or fiance, he is a Marine veteran. Mm-hmm. And he runs the studio, you know, she still has her full-time job, but he runs the studio and they are, you know, killing it in the business. And every time I stop by there, their studio, I'm like, man, it looks like it's brand new. And he's like, that's because I'm running it. I'm like, I know, right. <laughs> and it, and it's great. And I just, I so much uh, enjoy seeing other people thrive. And it's just like, man, when you step out there and you watch yourself soar, I'm telling you, just, you got to give yourself a chance. Don't doubt yourself. I'm telling you. We work with a couple of franchise organizations. And the interesting thing is that one in seven franchises are owned by veterans. I mean, that's a pretty big percentage. And so it tells you that it really is a natural fit into the success mm-hmm. that your friend has experienced. And same with you. It's easy to see why that is the case. So how did you hear, Danielle, about this franchise opportunity that you ended up buying into? And what also, what was it that attracted you to that franchise opportunity? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, in 2000, and was it 17? 2016, I was made aware that I was getting ready to deploy. And mm-hmm. I'll start with this. I actually had gone to like this, uh, this college presentation for the executive MBA pro- program at UGA, like in 2016. 15 or early 2016. And I really wanted to go. And at the time I just found out I was getting ready to deploy. So I was like, darn it. So I didn't go to the program and I went on my deployment in 2017. And that was a blessing in disguise because of course, once you deploy, you get access to your GI bill, which will pay for your college. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that was smart. Don't do that. But before I came back, I was very disciplined in the sense that I wasn't going overseas. I wasn't buying things. I wasn't hitting that Amazon instant buy button at the time it just <laughs> launched. And I saved up my money. I ate at the DFAC. I had rented out my house when I was away. I didn't have, I wasn't paying car insurance because I gave my car away and I saved my money. Mm-hmm. I saved my money and I went through the, with it, the Ramsey course that they offered for free because we were a veteran mm-hmm. on, on the base. And so I paid off my debt and I had all this money when I came back and literally a month before I was getting ready to leave uh, to come back to the United States, my sister called me and she said, hey, um, my friend has got this franchise opportunity. Do you want in? And I'm like, well, what is it? And I tell the story just like I, I like it was yesterday. <laughs> she was like, it's a sauna business. And I'm like, I live in Atlanta. Like, hot Atlanta <laughs> and saunas? I literally said, that's stupid. Who's going to want to do that? And she just was like, hey, you know, whatever. She's like, you either want it or not. She's like, I'm going to give you the website. It's this place called Perspire Sauna Studio. Let me know if you want it. But if, if not, then we're going to move on. But I'm giving you the opportunity. She's like, but just tell us if you want to if you want to do it. Well, I had planned to go back and shoot more productions because I did a, a, a comedy sketch show right before I left back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun, but I didn't make any money off of it because I couldn't sell it. And so I knew I wanted to either do another production or I wanted to invest in a business or something. And that was the opportunity that was presented to me. I looked at the website. I was like, I'm still not convinced. The girl's cute. Yeah, whatever. I prayed on it. I pray a lot. I prayed on it. And I woke up the next morning. I called her. I said, sure, count me in. I had the money at the time. So I'm like, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. So I flew back 
my sister had had hives on her, her, on her body. Our mom had just passed away and, um, months prior she passed. And so my sister was just, wasn't doing too well. I surprised her in California cause I flew all the way back from Atlanta. I stopped to Atlanta just for a day, but surprised her in California. When she saw me there, we got to get a tour. We went on a discovery day and we got to experience what it was to be in an infrared sauna. While we were there, we got out of the sauna. We thought it was great. And when we were sitting in the meeting, you know, my sister had hives like that whole week. And when she took off her jacket, our um, business partner, Angelia, looked over. She was like, Nicole, your hives. And I looked over at my sister and they had literally started to disappear. Like they were leaving. And it was that moment that I knew. And I was like, okay, sign me up. Whatever this thing is, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sign me up. I'm, I'm with it. And so we signed our contract that week or maybe the next day. And, and a couple of months later, we opened up our first studio in uh, Atlanta's Buckhead community, Perspire Sauna Studio. That was the first franchise on the East Coast. And technically, it was the second franchise location because there was another one that had just opened up because they sold, I think, two franchise agreements uh, that that year to one guy in California who opened up a week before we did. So that's why I say we're the second franchise location. Technically it could have been the first if we had opened up two weeks prior, but it's fine. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's, amazing. that's the story. And that's how I ended up getting into it. Wow. So uh, can you tell me a little bit more about, I guess, really the business? Like is, is the sauna kind of what it, the infrared sauna, what it all centers around? Or do you guys offer other services, like just tell me a little bit more about the business. And then also, Danielle, I'm curious if you've always had a passion for like health and wellness too. So Perspire Sauna Studio is an infrared sauna, basically what it is, studio. Mm -hmm. It's only sauna. So we'll, depending on which location you go to, we have usually around nine, between nine and uh, 12 sauna suites, individual uh, saunas. I wasn't really interested in, I mean, not necessarily saunas, but health and wellness I've always been interested in. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't a sauna person though, until I was uh, stuck at OCS and on Fort Benning for many months because I got injured. And so that was the one outlet I did uh, get to take advantage of was going to saunas. My friend, my, my battle buddy Cabrera, she was like, Hey, let's just go to the sauna. So that's, I knew a little bit about it. Um, So when we got into the sauna industry, it was just, it was really good timing for us as well, because when we opened up in 2018, of course, that's, of course, two years right before the shutdown, it was it worked because you had your own individual sauna suite. Mm-hmm. And so it has red light therapy, uh, chromotherapy, which is like just the light therapy, the same technology they use um, in the NICU at the, the hospitals. And so it was a private experience. You got to sauna for 40 minutes and it helps you with, you know, detoxing uh, circulation. I mean, it's just good for your skin. It, it cellulite everything. And you also convert anywhere from 200 to 400 calories in a session. So it worked out. So when we had the big shutdown, I had to say this too, because they weren't, they didn't really classify us as a spa, right? Cause you know how they had to shut down the spas, Uh they had to shut down the gyms, but we weren't either. Like we're, we're, we're not one or the other. And so I don't even know what they classified us as, but we didn't really have to shut down in a lot of places. Wow. So plus it was safe because people could go into their own private sauna and they left. They didn't have to see anybody. Right. Uh So it was pandemic friendly, as I call it. Yeah. But (laughs) um, but, you know, Perspire is just one of those things that it helps with uh, your muscle, your muscles rejuvenation. So, for instance, if a lot of athletes, if they're injured, 
you know, if they're injured and they can't necessarily work out, they'll come to the sauna and, um, you know, to burn some calories and as well to just uh, relieve their muscles because it, it, it heats you from um, the inside out. It's not just hot air. You, you can really feel it in your muscles. So it's not a suffocation type feel when you go into the sauna. Um, it's more relaxing and Zen feel. And plus you have your own like television in there. It's just oh, wow. private. Yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different really sauna nice. experience. It's very yeah. nice and extremely clean. That's another reason why I love the brand. So yeah. super clean. Every, every sauna is clean. The whole suite is clean from top to bottom between every uh, appointment. So it's just people come in, people can go. If you can actually, you can actually see it, sit up to about three people on uh, per sauna. But I, I like it for the privacy. And some of our um, studios have, uh, well, most of our, all of our studios have member rooms where you have member rooms only. And some of them include uh, showers in there and some of them don't. But it really all depends on which, what the studio is. But yeah. I like Perspire. I really wish it was around when my mother um, was alive. She passed away when I was deployed. But, um, you know, a lot of people with different conditions like eczema, psoriasis, mm -hmm. and those who are dealing with all types of swelling and um, cancer survivors, a lot of them just come by there. It, yeah. People know how they feel once they experience it for themselves. I can't tell you, like, all the laundry list of everything that it does, but, you know, people can tell you from their own experience how it helps them. Well, I'll tell you, I just looked it up on the website and it looks very relaxing. You mentioned mm -hmm. being in Atlanta. It's already hot there. I'm in Ohio and we've just gone out of a very cold winter. And if oh, I could teleport yeah. to one of your saunas, I would do it. <laughs> it sounds well, amazing. It's very, it's, it is amazing. And it, when we saw it for ourselves, like I wasn't a, I wasn't a believer until I saw it for myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's so funny because at the time before we started, we got into the franchise, our business partner. Tiffany, she's the one who discovered it. She was traveling from Atlanta on a business trip out to California, and she loves saunas. And she happened to stumble upon Perspire Sauna Studio. She went in there and was like, what is this place? And they're like, it's a sauna studio. She's like, yeah, but what is that? They're like, it's just saunas. Just saunas? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you guys have to let me bring one to the East Coast. They told her no. They were like, no, we're not interested. She's like, no, please. So she pretty much begged them for a couple months, basically, to uh -huh. even get us a meeting. And that meeting is the one I went to where we were convinced. They were wow. interviewing us as much as we were interviewing them because they had never franchised the business before. Interesting. So, but are there mm -hmm. a lot of locations now? Yes. Uh, oh, man. Um, I don't even know how many we have at this point. So I know from, from my group in particular in Atlanta, we have three. And then okay. my sister and I and some other business owners, uh, business partners, we have another one in Charlotte. So, I mean, it really all depends on, um, you know, where you're looking. If you go to the website, I'm not even on the website right now. And let me see. Yeah, if they I have all, yeah, no, I'm looking at the website, Danielle. There are a lot of, well, so it has kind of like the listing. You can type <laughs> in your zip code. So I guess for people who are listening, if this seems appealing to anyone, are they continuing to um, expand as well, like their franchise operations? Yes, absolutely. They're, they're selling, they're actively selling franchises. I believe there was a press release and I, I, I took my, I put my thing on airplane mode. I can't even pull up the information. <laughs> uh, I know. Let me take it off airplane mode. I know I have um, the data because, you know, we get updates all the time and what's, what's coming and what's new. Uh, yeah. But I believe we're scheduled to have probably like, I don't know, at least a hundred this year. 
I'm not so sure. We're growing very quickly. That's a lot of growth. Yeah, that is really cool. But I also feel like this is, um, I feel like things like this, not necessarily like a dedicated sauna studio, but like the infrared light and like red light, all this stuff. I feel like that is stuff that is really gaining popularity in Mm -hmm. the health and wellness space. And so it doesn't surprise me that it is expanding the way that it is. But um, one thing I was going to touch on too, Danielle, is that you mentioned that you guys had opened just right before the pandemic shut, well, two years before the pandemic shut things down. Um, And you were not, it sounds like you were lucky enough to not really be um, impacted by the shutdown anyway. I mean, your business may have been impacted by it, but the shutdown itself uh, did not affect you guys. But that's still, as a business owner and as a pretty new business owner, had to have been a little bit scary. Like, it, you know, thinking about like the unknowns and, you know, how might this affect us down the road, that type of thing. I mean, it had to have caused a little bit of uncertainty, I would assume. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of anxiety for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're with a good company that, is in the, is in the rut with you. You know what I'm saying? They, mm-hmm. they, they understood what we were going through. So when it comes down to the franchisee and franchisor relationship, I mean, they were able to put a lot of things in place where we didn't necessarily have to have a, you know, pay the franchise percentage fee or whatever, you know, the brand fee and those things like that, because the whole world had shut down. And then yeah. of course there, they also provided resources to us if we needed um, that the government, the government that, you know, they, they rolled out, but um, a lot of us, because we were in Georgia, you know, we're, we're kind of mm-hmm. Republican governor. Hey, like we shut down all of maybe mm, two, maybe three weeks. Right. But after that, every, yeah. everything was open. Yeah. So we're like, whoo, you know, missed that one. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we didn't really have a lot of the the, the chains to, to prevent us from reemerging. And, but we were able to also position ourselves as a safe place to, for people to come. And then, you know, we were also lenient to our members by just pausing their memberships and things like that. And then the landlords. Uh So I think during the pandemic, there was a lot of grace across the business world, just in general. Yeah. Uh, Just because people, everybody was in it. So although it was scary, there were a lot of resources provided to business owners all around the world that we could take advantage of to ensure that the day that we opened back up, that it wouldn't be an issue. And so um, that's, I mean, Perspire survived. Right. So I, you know, awesome. I can't really say anything about any other businesses, but yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of different books that you've read that have been helpful for you. And obviously just talking to you that you are very successful and driven and um, motivated and just a very smart person. And that just comes across from talking for, to you. So that's amazing. And I'm glad that we've well, had you. the chance to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think people could learn from you. And so if people are kind of curious about how can I be like Danielle, you know, like someone who's maybe transitioning out of the military or they have been out and they're kind of looking for their next step. Are there any sort of resources, whether there's some of the books that you've mentioned, blogs, podcasts, really anything that you would recommend to aspiring entrepreneurs? I do. And it's interesting you ask me that question because I'll have young people uh, reach out to me and just kind of ask me how I started. But I started by reading some books, right? Mm-hmm. The first book I would always suggest, and I, I, it's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, not even just that one. What's the other one? Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki. That is the probably the number one book that I would say people should start with because yeah. then it changes your mindset on 
you know, assets and liabilities. Those are probably the two main books that I would always start with. And then I watched The Secret, you know, back in 2016, there was a DVD version of The Secret. And I promise to God that thing got stolen like three or four times. I've purchased that thing over and over again. <laughs> I'd always lend it out and nobody would ever return it. And, but, but a lot of people, especially in the military, you know, they always go to like these different seminars and you've got the seminar over here, the seminar over here. I know people who are seminar junkies, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're motivated, but then you go home and you don't do anything. (laughs) You have got to stop being one of those people who listens to this podcast or reads reads that book and goes to this seminar and you are still at home doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) Just thinking about the day, right? Right. You really have to put yourself in the mindset that you will be taken care of. Whatever you believe in, I believe in God. I know he's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I, when, you, when you go out there with that confidence, with whatever resources that you have, your background in the military, if you've saved up a little bit of money, you know, you have to understand that everything is going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. And meaning... You know, if you're like, well, I don't know what decision to make. If I do this, well, this could happen or that could happen. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. Mm-hmm. If you watch, there's a, there's a fable or a little tale. It's called, I think it's called the Mexican fisherman, the, the, the fisherman and the American. I don't know what it is. Uh, God, I can't remember that title, but that is one. Just, just if you Google Mex- Mexican fisherman story you will understand exactly what I'm talking about. And he basically just talks about this American comes in and says, you know, why aren't you doing this when you can be doing this? And then through the end of it, you realize that at the end of the day, the gentleman is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. But, um, but yeah, think and grow rich. Uh, the think, uh, what was, what was the other one say? Uh, rich dad, poor dad, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Who, and there's another one called who moved my cheese. And The Richest Man in Babylon, uh, I read recently a book called uh, Who, Not How. That uh-huh. is an awesome book. Uh, I didn't even know who, who, who read that one. And then if you want to find something more about franchising, if you're interested in franchising, there's a book called um, The Wealthy Franchisee. I just finished that one on Audible. So I do, I try to always read something to, you know, keep me motivated and and just try new things. But I mean, the best thing about it is when you're a veteran, I got into it. I have another franchise called uh, I-9 Sports that I purchased. And I got into that because I saw an email that said franchise giveaway, right? I participated Uh in a raffle. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally just told my story. And that's how I got an interview, right? And it took me 11 months to interview to even get a yes to to purchase that business. But But I didn't get it for free because the territory that they wanted me to have that they were going to give me was like in Boston. And at the time it was like the world had shut down. I'm like, yeah, I can't move to Boston right now. Right. But then they yeah. found another territory miraculously the very next day, which happened to be right next door to where I was living. I'm like, really? And uh, But they called me and I ended up purchasing one. But I wouldn't have had that opportunity had they had I not been a veteran to even interview. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, the other thing that you said that I love is that you could do all the reading in the world. If you're not going to take the action, then it doesn't matter. Like that's really what is going to propel you forward is taking the action to 
really act upon all of the stuff that you're learning in these books, podcasts, mm-hmm. audiobooks, whatever it is that you're consuming. So I love that. I think that's really great advice. Um, Danielle, to close this out, do you have any advice for our listeners on how to leverage their military experience to achieve success in the civilian world like you have? Yes, I would say use your GI Bill and, and go to, you know, get your master's degree if that's something you wanted to do, if you have it. If you don't, that's totally fine. But make sure you're on LinkedIn. I need to do better about that because my LinkedIn profile is probably outdated. But people <laughs> still find me on there all the time. I'm like, oh, man, I need to upgrade my my profile. But if you get off of Facebook and Instagram and just get on LinkedIn, people are, will reach out to you. You can find all different types of opportunities if you're trying to get into the the job sector. But they have franchises on there as well that look for franchisees and business owners. Mm-hmm. But just make sure that you are communicating with your family about your desires of what you want to do. And I would say you're just going to have to have faith and believe in yourself. Oh my gosh. I have so many outstanding people that are just not, they're not certain about themselves. I'm like, what do you mean? You're a rock star in the military. Mm-hmm. Like you got stars, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're not there. There's always that fear of the unknown, but you have to understand that you're not supposed to just, be where you are. There's growth in every area. And this, this world is vast and wide and you just have to take the leap. And I promise you, I promise you, if you just take the leap of faith, God will catch you every time. And you'll realize that whatever decision you made was supposed to be that decision. Let Mm -hmm. me say this again, so I can explain this. Whatever decision you make, that is what was intended to happen anyway. So don't think, oh, if I make this decision, it's the wrong decision. No, it's not because it happened and that's what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I So the best decision I ever made was to leave my job right before that recession hit in 2008. Had I not, I would have still been stuck in a bubble and I would have never gone to get my master's degree. I would have never had a wonderful military career. I would have never be a franchise owner of multiple locations and I wouldn't be living my best life doing whatever I want to do and taking my kids to see Harry Potter and Broadway last week in New York oh. <laughs> in the middle of the week. So, you know. Awesome. Anyway. Well, Danielle, I love that. Thank you so much. I've learned so much from you and I've been very inspired by your story. I hope other people will be too. Um, is there anywhere that people can find you and kind of follow along with your journey? I know you mentioned your LinkedIn is outdated, but oh, yeah. it is. I'm really going to update it at some point. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really busy, but they can find me on social media, like on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. my name is producer Danielle Smith on there. You can feel free to message me on there. But um, and then if people want to email me, I mean, I guess I don't know how many people listen to your podcast, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I have a generic one that I use and it's um, it's torpedo one at Gmail, I believe. That's a generic one. It's just it's just a catch all. T-O-R-P-I-T-A-1 at Gmail. And so that's just one that I don't really have a lot of spam to. If it starts spamming, it's, well, it is what it is. But that's (laughs) that's just an email. And it's Tango Oscar Romeo Papa India Tango Alpha, the number one, um, at Gmail. And so... But Instagram or that is fine or LinkedIn, but I can't guarantee y'all to check mine. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Well, we will include both in the show notes. So again, Danielle, thanks so much. It was great speaking with you. You as well, Megan. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.